Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 325. Today, you're going to learn from my guest, the importance of giving up the struggle and tuning into external cues to actually get what you want. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Travis Johnson. Travis, welcome. Hey, thanks, Heather, for having me on. Please give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Sure. I'm in Oklahoma City and I host the Nonprofit Architect Podcast where I interview nonprofit leaders, business leaders, consultants, and people with special skills to help you build stronger nonprofits. I'm also still active duty Navy, a Naval officer attached to Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma with more than 21 years of service. You sound like a a radio DJ. Like you, you definitely have this podcast thing down. It's one of the reasons I got into this gig. I was the command briefer out in in Bahrain and they were like, Travis, have you heard your voice? And I'm like, I hear it every day. Like, no, no. Have you really heard it? Like you have that kind of mag, magical, like that sweet, sweet late night FM DJ tone. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, I never really looked at it that way. They're like, no, like really, like when you talk, when you're doing the brief, like the whole room is calm. I was like, really? They're like, yeah, pay attention next time you hear other people speaking and see how people are agitated. And then when you get up and speak, kind of look over the crowd and everyone is just seriously like in calm or in Zen mode. It's interesting. Yeah, no, but it's very... Very nice. So we've been talking quite a bit and I'm I'm excited to share more of your stories and your experiences and, you know, your own insight. But I guess, where do you want to start? You know, from your background, what do you want to share? But this whole that we have choice on how we design our life. Sure. I'll give the audience a quick overview like I gave you before we started. Now, for those of you not familiar with me, uh, at age 17, I graduated high school. And up until that point, I had moved 36 times, was in 12 schools in six states, five different foster homes, eight total. But I got to go back to a couple, you know, because they like me. Uh, And I survived two murder attempts, which is just nuts to most people. They're like, what do you have to do to have someone try to kill you? Well, in my case, it was just being in my house because it was my mom and my sister that tried to kill me. Yeah. And what I asked you is because a lot of people coming from a childhood like that would have stayed in victimhood and, you know, as you shared, you know, might have had multiple baby mamas or been in jail back and forth and, and some crazy background, but instead you changed the trajectory of your life. And so I'm, you know, was it one thing? Was it many things? How did you change, you know, your, your path? Well, it's a pretty interesting journey. And thanks for the question, Heather. Um, Moving as much as I did was almost the key to get away from the crazy, even though it sounds kind of weird. Like I'm not a fan of moving away from your problems, but 
when you move and you see the same situation unfolding in front of you again and again, let me give you an example. Like you help someone outside and they're digging a fence post or working on a garage or whatever they're doing. And you say, Hey, you know, instant question, like, Hey, why are you doing it that way? Not like challenging, like the way they've decided to do it, but they'll say something like, you know, this is, it's my way of the highway and this is the way we're doing it. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But I go move somewhere else and the same thing was happening, but they were doing it in a different way. So you'd ask them, why are you doing it this way? And they say the same thing. It's my way of the highway. And so what I picked up on through all these moves, I'm at 50 right now, five zero, but through all these moves, there's not just one way to do things. There's many ways accomplish, to accomplish the same thing and many pathways to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And it is not what's presented to you that's, that's real, right? You get to decide what it is that you take on or, or what you reject. I know from zero to seven and 18 to 25, there are the two times in your life where you change the most. Well, zero to seven, really, you don't have control over it. And you are really just programming your subconscious. So anything that's presented to you, and if you had trauma in that time period, I'm really sorry, because you programmed your body to understand that to be the truth. What you then learn over time is that you really have the choice if you want to accept or reject those experiences and what people tell you. And you see it all the time. You see it in cyberbullying. You see it all over the internet and, and in person. People are like, oh, you know, Heather, you're just not, you know, fill in the blank. And you really shouldn't just listen to that. When you're presented with something like that, you have the choice to accept or reject what was presented to you. Like if I said, hey, Heather, you're looking great today. I love the red hat. I love your just online hop on video and it's going to be great. And that's just how it's going to be attitude. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now you have the choice whether or not you want to take that in and say, oh, thanks, Travis. That was great. Or like, man, Travis don't know what he's talking about. I would much rather if my hair was all done and my makeup was all the way I want it to be or whatever the thing is, right? You have the choice. Yeah. What a lot of people don't understand is when someone says that to them, they just take it on immediately. Like, I can't believe they said that. Well, was it true? Well, no, it wasn't true. Then like, what? who cares what they have to say? Yeah. You know, oh, so-and-so said something about you. Oh, well, have them text me. Oh, they don't know my number. Well, maybe they don't me know me as well as they think they do. Well, this whole accept or reject is a really big thing, but you're right. As adolescents, as kids, we can't reject things because that's, we believe everything in our environment is true. Mm -hmm. But as adults, how do you get into that mindset of accepting or rejecting, or maybe a space that I've been living from is this whole, maybe I don't have the answers. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, you, you might not know. And I know we touched briefly on the mask debate. And the truth is, no matter where you feel, where you fall on the spectrum of got to have a mask on and a face shield and a bio suit or whether you're out headbanging in a hurricane, right? No matter where you feel in that spectrum, there's going to be things that you don't know. You know, we might find out in a few months that this is the deadliest virus known to man. And we should have been in bubbles the entire time without touching or, you know, talk, touching anybody or anything ever again. Or we might find out that we live in an abundance universe and we are easily past this disease and we never needed to wear masks in the first place. Whatever we find out, we just don't know that answer yet. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go with the latter. I'm going to go with the latter. (laughs) 
Yeah. I've got an immune system and I believe in the Lord and yeah, I, that may or may not protect me from getting sick, but uh, I've got to believe in something. So when I believe in that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and something you shared with me, do you want to talk a little bit? I, we might as well into the BTFA. Oh yeah. BTFA. Um, so it's not usually talked about in that frame. And when I asked Heather before the show, if she ever heard of it, she looked at me like I was crazy and like you have, but you maybe haven't thought of it that way. What BTFA is, is that our beliefs turn into our thoughts. Thoughts turns into our feelings and our feelings is what turns into action. Because no matter how much information that we do have, we never take action until the feelings get engaged, right? We don't actually make a decision until the feelings hit. So whatever your beliefs are, if you believe that the world is uh, bad, right? Everyone's out to get you. Well, that's going to turn into your thoughts. That's going to turn into your feelings. That's going to turn into your reactions and really your reactions when things happen in the world. You'd be like everything that happens, you're going to be like, see, I knew it. I knew it in my soul that whatever is bad. But the same situation with a different person, they might have the belief that, you know what? Things are inherently good. And I'm believing that this is good. And I feel that this is good. And even though this, this interaction might not be eh, the way I want it to, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what? There's probably something I don't know here that's going on and I'm okay with it. Yeah. So somebody I listen to often has been a mentor of mine for years is Abraham Hicks. And what Abe says is what influence are you under? And I, and even A Course in Miracles, they talk about it differently, but they simply state, you know, you can live in, um, we have like a split mind. So there's ego, which is that negative, the fear ridden anxiety, scarcity, most of society lives in, or we can live in the holy mind and you can even spell it W-H-O-L-L-Y or H-O-L-Y, but this holy mind knowing that we're guided and and you know that god is within us and we're always taken care of and so it's this whole what fluence what influence are you under because you can't have a little bit of both you're all in one or the other and i just choose that even though yes fear creeps in and that that the stresses might creep in if i remember oh catch and replace accept or reject yeah the truth and that miracles are natural. Mm -hmm. On that note, you have plenty of examples and stories and this whole, <laughs> I'd love for you to share some of them because you shared them with me. And so let's talk, actually, let's combine them. A little bit of miracles and this whole manifesting or creating because, well, we're both, we're all, we're doing it all the time. Oh, absolutely. And I just wanted to say before we get too far into this, that Zig Ziglar says he likes to wake up every morning and read the Bible and read the newspaper just so he can see what both sides are up to. If you are a news junkie, yeah. like junkie, really a junkie, and you're watching, pick a news source, doesn't matter. Chances are you have a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear in your life. Fear is the medium in which they make their money. No matter what side of the spectrum you're on, their goal is to make you... To, to have some kind of emotion. And the easiest emotion to get is fear. If they can get you scared, they're going to have you clicking, sharing, and coming back for more. So right. just, really just understand that as, as a people. But you know, when I look at my life and you talk about someone that's moved as much as my, I have, or been in foster care or been in trouble with the law or, you know, survived two murder attempts, you don't expect a lot out of me. Society does not expect a lot about someone that fits that bill by society standards, by society's rules, 
I should be some kind of degenerate, probably homeless tracks in my arms, kids from three or four different women should be a thief, should be, you know, fill in, fill in the blank, right? When you, when you look at the news, when you read the headlines, when you talk to people about things like being a foster care and they say immediately, oh, I'm so sorry, that must've been so awful. Well, from my experience, foster care was the most stable time in my world because I knew where I was going. I knew that I would have food. I knew that I would have clean clothes and a shower and my life was stable. Is that the experience for every foster kid? It's not. But knowing that everything is going to be all right is much different. I really think right now there's, there's two kinds of people. There's, a, there's the finger pointing people that says, I'm not where I'm supposed to be because of this person or this policy or this weather is or the economy is this. And they all point to all the reasons that they're not who they are. And the choice comes in is really taking responsibility. And then, you know, although this thing happened to me, I get to decide how I'm going to take it in, accept or reject what I'm going to do moving forward. I'm going to decide if I'm going to watch this new station or not. I'm going to decide if I'm going to hang around these people that are toxic and negative and bad. And when I say toxic, I mean your family as well. Sharing DNA does not give someone the right to treat you poorly. If you're listening to this right now, be nice to yourself first and get them out of your life and force your boundaries. Please, please, please do that for your own sake. But you have the choice of how you're going to handle these things. I've got a, a friend of mine, Ricky Brady, he's a, a former NFL player. He does Speak Life Ministries in Edmond, Oklahoma. He goes and talks to young athletes about reacting versus responding. Because when we are pre-programmed through whatever we've done, and a situation happens, unless we're cognizant, we're going to react with everything we've been programmed with. What he's trying to do is give the youngsters, the insight that they have the ability to respond to a dirty play, a loss, a victory, or whatever it is that they face on the field out there, because you really do have the choice. When I look at my life and my history of miracles and surviving two murder attempts is no small feat, but there's also so many other times where my life was in danger. My life was on the line. There's times where I've been driving in a vehicle and both myself and the driver fell asleep and we woke up with the grass rushing at us and woke him up and we got back on the road safely. And where I was driving in a semi-truck for the military and our front right wheel snapped off the axle. It was spinning next to us in the ditch on fire. And it sounds like a Ron White joke. Um, but we should have hit the dirt and the truck should have pole vaulted over us and we should have died in a fiery crash but we pulled over safely. You know, I got an accident with my truck a couple of years ago, a place that were never stopped on the interstate just happened to be stopped. And I looked up and I was approaching a little bit faster than the brakes would work. And we pulled away. They got an accident. The airbag went off. I was fine, completely fine. And the front of my truck, it looked like there was a handprint keeping me from crushing this family and no one was hurt. Like that shouldn't happen. All those things by the rules that we think we live in, all of the things in my life shouldn't be possible. But here I am, more than 20 years in the military, approaching my 20th anniversary here in June coming up. My daughter's graduating high school this year. I just finished up my master's. I paid $0 for both my bachelor's and my master's. You know, these things shouldn't be here for me. They shouldn't be happening by society standards, yet they are. So how, I guess... What advice would you give or experiences that you've had 
to open your awareness that, gosh, maybe I don't know everything or I only know a piece of the pie and that there's so much else available and miracles happen naturally. And, you know, all these things you, you even shared, like, you know, you can get college for free. Did you know that? So how do you even share that advice? When you look, you, you first, you need to read, you need to be open to new life. If this is, this is a little, a mini off branch, what Heather's talking about. If you don't know something, that information is out there. Books by pick an author, they have dedicated 10 to 40 years of their life into this book. The hack is you can download the book within a couple of days into your body and have the answers to all the mistakes they made. But there's people out there like Dr. Joe Dispenza, Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., Rhonda Byrne with The Secret. There are so many things out there where they talk about the hidden, the unnatural, the unseen. And I, Travis, myself proper, my physical body hasn't been able to do all of these things, but myself connected through faith to the infinite intelligence, whether you call that God or some other word knows that these things can happen and you'll find yourself in, you know, if you're doing Bible speak, we're talking about Christianity, talk about praying and, you know, pretending like we, it's already happened, right. Acting like it's already happened. And it's right in line with the secret. That's right in line with what Gandhi talks about. In the Bible, it says you have to have faith. That faith is required for healing. Faith is required for pick the subject. What it doesn't say is faith in Jesus Christ is required. It says faith is required. And if you look at BTFA, your beliefs, your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions, you have to have the belief that you're not worthless. I could have believed that I was that victim. I could have believed that I had something to do with all the things that were happening to me. I could have believed that I was a piece of trash. And once I believe it, you better believe my thoughts, feelings, and actions would have followed. Well, and that's what's happening for other people, right? It's, but okay. I think it seems that we're very self-aware. So somebody who is going through life's motions, living life, I call it by default rather than by design. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do they, I call it kind of like waking up or turning on that switch or it's a lot of unlearning. It's a lot of reprogramming. It is. And my buddy JC, when he was, working on his golf game and he was trying to figure out how do I do this thing? How do I play this game? He was looking at the commonalities between all the greats. What did all the greats in their field do? That was the same. What was that thread that binded them all together? When you look at pick an industry, right? Whatever the industry is uh, like right now, Tesla, Elon Musk, he's got the best minds in the world working for him right now. I'm I don't, I don't want to quote this wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was like a high school dropout from South Africa. I don't remember, but he's the guy in charge, not these other great minds. He's the guy in charge. They have a meeting that they walk into It's 70 minutes and you're not allowed to talk. You know what questions you have walking into the room. And when you come out, you have answers, but ain't no one talked to one another. Not a word was said. And they're getting more done in the 70 minutes than a week's full of meetings anywhere on earth. Are you talking about meditation? What are they doing? So they go in there with their questions, but they all sit in silence? 
Right. No one says anything. They come in, they sit down and they think it's all within them. They're passing each other messages. Mentally in election. Yeah. Okay. So wait, time out, because I think that puts too much power in the self. Mm-hmm. And so is it that they're all going in with these, you know, the mind questions, but by quieting the noise, the answers are coming through them. Right. Because they're not focusing on themselves. They're focusing on a thing to help the greater good. You know, their biggest mission right now is to populate Mars. Right. So when they're going in there, they're going in there, not for engineer number 11, right. They're going in there for the greater good. When I look at, at my journey through entrepreneurship, all the things I've done well within the Navy it wasn't till the focus was off of Travis that any of the things I've been doing this year have happened. As soon as the focus was off me and I wasn't driving this thing, you know, the natural says that you have to be a leader, you have to be out front, you have to be working hard, you have to grind, 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 and eventually 50 years later, you'll be somebody. All right, that's what they're saying. Yeah. But when the focus was off me, when I wasn't, when it wasn't all about Travis anymore, when I started the nonprofit architect. And even during that time, a little bit, I was still trying to focus on me through coaching and consulting. When I put the focus on really, truly helping other people get to where they need to go, everything opened up for me because I was finally not fighting the current, not fighting the rapids, not trying to get what Travis wanted, but truly, truly trying to impact the people in my world and in my sphere of influence to help them get what they want. And what you shared with that though, to me was this whole, like you were being led first trying to, okay, because Mm -hmm. society, I feel like the messaging out there is to push, to force, to take action, make things happen. I'm like, that's actually the hard way, but you shared how you were being led and it was flowing and easy. So how do we get into that mindset? You have to pay attention to what is actually going on around you. I was getting on calls with people, trying to find guests, trying to find clients. And I was pushing my agenda is what I was doing. What I wasn't hearing because my internal voice was too loud for me to hear what everyone else was saying is they were asking me not about nonprofit works really they were asking me about podcasting and how they could share their voice. And when I finally actually heard what they were trying to ask me, everything flowed in that direction. I created uh, a podcast guide that sold, flew off the shelves that everyone that got in their hands, they couldn't help but be overflowing with how much abundance and how much value is in this thing. They immediately were asking Travis, where is the course? You know, six months before that, I wasn't thinking about podcasting or podcast course or any of that stuff. And they're like, this is, this is exactly what we need. It's in the language we can understand. It's easy to implement. We need you to walk us through this thing. And the very next day I went into one of my mastermind calls and I talked about this thing and they said, Hey, Travis, hold on after the call. I did not preordain this. I did not set this up. They came up and said, Hey, here's the email to our friend, Julie. She is taking our course, our book, and turning it into a course. And we want you to call her and do the same thing. And I was like, I don't, you know, I'm so far out, whatever. I made the email. I did the introduction. I sent it to him. 
I got word back that the provost of professional development at the University of San Diego, Colorado State University, and at Forbes Business School in Arizona are all interested in my course because no matter how many podcasts are out there, I think we're over 2 million. doesn't matter how many people have created their own course. I don't think there's a single podcasting course available for college credit right now. And mine might be the first, but I never would have seen that unless I was led there, unless I allowed myself to be led down that path. But how, so what I hear you saying is many of us are sitting in the driver's seat white knuckled, trying to control our life. Instead, how were you able to let go of your own agenda thinking you were going to go this route and you were listening to the cues to be led another route where it's just coming to you in wild ways? It was a question. I was frustrated with where I was at in business because I was trying to push my way there. Yeah. And the question posed to me was, Travis, what do your people really want? What are they actually asking you for? And I hadn't really considered it. They weren't asking me for what I had been pushing. They were asking me for someone else. So you have to take the, the time and think about in your world, what is really going on? You have to really quiet your mind and evaluate where you're being led, what opportunities are opening up, what are people showing you? When you talk to certain people, you know, go through your phone, the people you've talked to in the last week or the last month, like what in there are you really being drawn to? What are you actually getting a feeling from? Because we all, we all have these people, right? Their phone pops up on the caller ID and you're like, oh man, I don't think I want to, it's not those people, right? Your being is telling you, right? That that's not a phone call that's going to help you. When I made this shift, when I finally heard this thing of where I was being led to, all the conversations, all the people on my phone changed. All the people that were calling me on a regular basis, really being uh, time vampires, right? Sucking the time out of me, sucking the life out of me. They stopped calling. And the people that were aligned with my mission or what I was doing and where I was going, because that's where I was being led, those phone numbers popped up. The interviews popped up with Asha Curran, who runs... Um, Oh my goodness. Uh, giving day, giving Tuesday, they brought in $2.47 billion on December 1st. I reached out to her with no real reason other than I thought it'd be a great interview. She said, absolutely. Let's do it. I'm interviewing Steve Sims in a couple of weeks, author of blue fishing who has an amazing program and does amazing things. Someone that I shouldn't have access to, but because I'm not pushing my agenda anymore yeah. because I'm being led these are easy yeses because it's not about me. But how did that question come to you? Were you sitting in a meditation? Where did you like stop? It was in a call. Ask for oh. It was in an actual call. It was in a mastermind group because I had gotten frustrated with my business and what I was doing. And someone in the call said, "What does your what do your people? What are they really asking you? What do they really need?" So it came through somebody else, but you had at least, you had gotten to the point you were frustrated. What you were asking for guidance. Is that what I was asking? I was asking for guidance, right? I could have, right. What I could have done is I could have been frustrated, shut down my podcast, shut down my business and shut down this mastermind group and said, it's just not going to work. I'm just going to 
continue to be an hourly employee or do whatever, right? Yeah. I could have just tossed the towel in, but the train was moving. I just had to get on the right track, right? If you were traveling down a path that you're on right now, there's things in your world that are good for you. And there's some things in your world that probably aren't good for you, but you have to be fed up with what's going on and the effort and the anxiety and what you're getting lost in and say enough. I'm going to do what needs to be done. What needs to be done? Help me. This happened to me in, in flight school. This happened to me. When I was applying to be an officer. So those of you listening that are maybe are not familiar with the military, you know, there's an enlisted side, get your privates, your sailors, all those people. And you've got your officer side, your commission side. And with my criminal record, I was, I went in the bottom of the barrel E1 on the enlisted side and I was going to apply to be an officer. And it's like, like the Lord, uh, one of the, the prayers that I always pray is that I pray that I am where I need to be. And I went to submit this application and I had a lot of pushback from a lot of people. And I asked enough questions. till so I got to my dad and he's like, look, if this is something that God put on your heart to do, do it until anyone stop you. Once you have decided that thing, once you really have that clarity, when you're determined to get this thing done, it's aligned with you. It's going to happen. I had, they had no reason to accept me. It's the only time in my life in the military I've been ranked number one in anything. Applying for this thing, like, yep, he's our top guy. He's going. I got selected on my first time because I finally opened myself up to what was going on. I realized that all the pushback and all the roadblocks and all the things in the military that weren't aligned with me and what I was trying to do, I got on the right track and went full steam ahead. I got to flight school. Same thing, trying to do it a certain way, trying to do it a certain way, got frustrated. And I said, Lord, if this is going to be the way you want to do it, I can't have any more stress. Like the next couple of events have to go well or I'm throwing in the towel. And all the barriers came down for me. And it was smooth sailing from that point on. You have to get to the point where you're ready to surrender and then you've got to surrender. Okay. So that has been an overarching message coming my way for a while. And it's, I, I've been sharing that message on podcast too, but I think a lot of people mean um, surrender might mean, oh, I have to give up. And to me, it means you have to let go of control and ask right. for guidance because as you've shared, otherwise you're efforting and you're struggling and you're like just getting by. And instead of when you surrender and ask, you'll let it just like flows and happens and Price Pritchard covered this in the book, U Squared. Cool. It's a nice little booklet, really easy to understand, straightforward. And he got, there's one little section there. It says more effort is not going to get you to your goal. And the story that he shares is there is a fly in your house and it's flying full speed and hitting the window. And no matter how hard that fly pushes, no matter how many times he hits the window, he's not making it through that window. That's just how it is. But 10 feet away, there's a door that's wide open. Now, which way is going to get him to freedom? More effort or less effort? I'd rather go to the door. Yeah, the door is wide open. He's just got to change his course, get on the right track, fly out the open window, and that's the least amount of effort. Yeah. He can't make it through the window. So what you're saying is we all have that window if we ask. If we ask. Yeah. You have to ask, you have to be open to it and you have to be willing to know that 
if you're frustrated, you're not on the right track. It doesn't matter if you're in year six of law school. It doesn't matter if you've been doing a job for 19 and a half years. It doesn't matter what the thing is. If you're you're hard, you're struggling, you're frustrated, you're anxious, and all these things are not going your way, you're not on the right track. The more effort is not getting you to your goal or where you need to be. I love that. So question for you, what is a key takeaway you want listeners to get from our conversation? Your billboard message. Billboard message is you have the choice to accept or reject anything in your world. You have the choice to get on the right track. You have the choice to design what you want your life to look like. You have the choice. Take it. It's yours. Oh, Travis, I love that. Okay. I'd love to ask you a few rapid fire questions to wrap up the interview. Sounds great. What is a quote or motto that you live by? Ooh, that is a good one. It, my, one of my favorite quotes is actually by me from when I was doing finances. And if you can't make it on 90%, you can't make it on 120% of your income because it's not about the dollars. It's about the belief. Cool. When we changed in my household to get on a budget, there was a big shift, but the shift didn't really occur until we started giving. We had set up monthly recurring giving to different organizations for reasons that we cared about. That's when our view of money changed for us. We went from having that closed handed fist to every dollar that came in, we had to hold on to, to having that open hand yeah. and understanding that dollars are going to come in and dollars are going to go out and they might as well go where I think they'll do the best good. And that it's the whole resisting and nothing, resistance. Can, nothing can come in with a closed fist. I like that. When we, when we switched over our household 15 years ago, we've since paid off all our debt and we've never had a single other money fight in our house since then. That could be a whole nother podcast. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Well, there's a stack over here. (laughs) I just finished one from my interview this morning. Uh, If you are trying to figure out what to do with your life and you haven't checked out Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, I think you're doing yourself a, a huge disservice. He was a an FBI head negotiator. Um, he goes through some amazing stories and he talks about how to apply it to your life and to business. It's a great read and it'll change your perspective on everything to what you think you should be getting paid to what a business deal looks like. All right. Good to know. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? <laughs> um, buy Bitcoin when it's under a dollar. <laughs> but but here's the thing right for investing there's always the next bitcoin the next facebook the next apple the next roku the next netflix mm-hmm. if you don't have money aside for savings for investing and for some future business endeavor you're not doing yourself any favors that means you're not putting your money into assets things that can take the place of your income and allow you to live off the dividends and the interest. Make sure you are investing in yourself because investing yourself will always pay off. What a great note to end on. Travis, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on, Heather. It's been my pleasure. 
Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.